0: Can we let all of our kids' ministry team know how much we appreciate what they're doing? All of their time, their effort. We love you guys. Thank God for our StorySide Kids Ministry team. I've been hearing great reports every week uh, with what God is doing with our children, our middle school, our high school, even the other night walking through our college age, our college gathering. Man, uh, just thank God for what he's doing in this generation, right? Uh, You hear a lot of stories about children and students and even college-age people leaving their faith, but then sometimes you walk through those rooms and you're like, well, not all of them, right? Not all of them. We have uh, quite a crew here that's loving Jesus, serving Jesus. I'm grateful for that, and uh, thank you to the team that works hours with that. I want to welcome all of those joining us online. Uh, A few names that jumped out to me, the Gilberts, Christy Lee, the Allens, Deb Livingston, Uh, the uh, Mathis family, Biffany Casto, the Walkers, the O'Brinbas, the Goons. I love this one, the Goons you shared, you're watching with some coworkers. Uh, I love hearing stories like that. Uh, Sherry Anderson, Michael Shipman, the Stovers, the list went on. Would you welcome all those joining us online? (laughs) Let them know how great it is to have them today. Also, for real, for real, for real, We're pretty much out of rooms for the marriage retreat. We have extended the marriage retreat. Storyside is notorious for like last minute, 11th hour workers signing up for stuff. We have extended, I think three times now, the rooms at the marriage retreat. We only have, as of this morning, 13 rooms left. We were in one ballroom. They've taken down the dividers. We are in the full ballroom, the entire space and area. Uh, Which is awesome. So if you want to sign up you need to sign up Uh, I know sometimes still a few weeks out. So it could be easy to think like there's still space. There's still room Uh, There's only a few left. And so if you want to sign up for that uh, Pastors Lonnie and Tracy are coming some of the families from their church uh, They will be sharing Kevin and Stephanie Mason will be sharing some of their stories just gonna be a great time So I hope you can make it. For those of you that can't, because some of you have already been telling me you're working, traveling, stuff going on, I want to leave you just with a couple. We're going to be sharing a lot of advice that weekend, uh, but I want to give you a couple of things that maybe can help you, uh, even if you're not able to make it to the retreat. But number one, every time you talk to your wife, (laughs) you need to remember that The conversation will be recorded for training and quality purposes. (laughs) That's not funny. I have heard, this is the second thing that I'll leave you, just a couple things I wanted to to speak to with marriage advice. But if at first you don't succeed, try doing it the way your wife suggested. Uh, Come on, women, that's your chance to say amen. Amen. I know it's true. I did hear the Valentine's joke because Valentine's Day is coming up soon as well. I heard the Valentine's joke about the wife uh, that asked her husband for something that came in a little box and, and would go around her finger. Uh, and so we got her a box of Band-Aids. Um, <laughs> not funny. But the, those, uh, those amazing young ladies who were up doing offering today, my daughter Brooklyn and our assistant Alyssa Both of them had their rings on. Speaking of rings, both engaged. Congratulations to both of them. I want to talk to you today on the subject of light. Everyone say the light. Can we say it again? The light. Let me ask you this question as we prepare our hearts for our time together today Who do you know that doesn't know God? Who do you know? that doesn't know God. Was reminded this week because it's been a long time ago, every now and then something will just jog your memory. I was back in Grove today and a guy came up to me and he's like, hey, Pastor Micah, do you remember we played softball back in 2000? He's like, I was going through old pictures and came across some pictures and I'm thinking like, I don't wanna see the pictures. Like, but every now and then you'll just, you'll, you'll hear something, it'll jog a memory. This week that happened with a story about my grandpa. My grandpa just turned 97, and he had served World War II and things, one of the last in Canada, still alive, TV, radio, they've, they've done things with my grandpa's life. And Grampy is often telling stories. I love when I get time to sit with him and talk with him, and he'll just tell stories. And this week I was reminded, I was talking to Dr. Brad and Becky Walker, and I was reminded about a story my grandpa told me from about 20 years probably ago of him sitting on a bench in a mall. I totally forgot about this story till just this week and, and was reminded of it. He told me about sitting on a bench in a mall and... He began to share his faith, his story, with a random stranger, on a bench in a mall. And I remember hearing my grampy tell the story to me. But the one thing that stood out to me that even this week I was reminded of was him just simply saying, "I don't know if I would ever sit on that bench again." I know it's super simple, but I. He just said, I don't know if I'd ever sit on this bench again and have a chance to talk to that person on this bench again. And this week, it just got me thinking about all of the benches we sit on. Some of them are chairs. Some of them are bleachers. Some of them are a restaurant. Some of you will go to restaurants today and in your own way, you're going to sit on a bench. You're going to have a waiter or a waitress and you really don't know if you'll ever have this conversation again Some of you could sit At sports games with your kids you you, you could tell me pastor micah my child plays basketball pastor micah You know my child is learning jujitsu pastor and, and you will be around other parents with your daughter doing gymnastics or tumbling or your son playing, and you don't know that you'll ever sit on that bench again. Those conversations, those interactions, it could be a locker room, it could be a lunchroom, places you work. When they talk about the average person working between 12 and 17 jobs a year, and that's post 18 years old, that you have interactions where sometimes I think we're not even completely aware Of the importance of them but we will sit on benches we will sit in seats and have conversations with people we don't even know if we'll have those conversations again I would like you to think about this today as I read my one text of the morning that both sides of the bench matter would like you to think about that both sides of the bench matter because sometimes we're the person on this side of the bench that needs to hear about the love of God, the grace of God, the goodness of God. Sometimes we're on this side of the bench, and we are the one sharing. Sometimes when we share, when we are the one sharing, you're going to hear a lot of crazy, chaotic, sometimes even jacked up kind of situations that people could tell you. We're going to talk about one of those today one of the stories in the Bible where a woman is so messed up She has this interaction with Jesus Christ her life's forever changed I know it's not a park bench for her for her. It was like the dust and dirt. She's thrown on the ground But it's not just our coming It's not just our coming into this engagement or interaction. It's how do we handle it? Who do you know? That doesn't know God What are you saying to them? What are you not saying to them? What is the grace you're extending to them? Are you even even giving yourself a chance to say, God, use me. God, speak through me. God, help me to make a difference. The text that I want to read to you today is out of John chapter number 8. Then they said, Teacher, this woman was caught... Sleeping with a man who isn't her husband. Notice that she was caught. Verse five the law of Moses teaches that a woman like this should be stoned to death. What do you say? Verse number six they asked Jesus this question because they were really concerned about this woman. They asked this question because they wanted to help her. They asked this question because they were thinking is there anything we can do to get this woman back on her feet again? Is that what it says? What's it say? They asked this question to test him And to bring some charge against Him I want you to notice that But Jesus simply bent over and started writing on the ground. Here's what I want you to see with this verse verse 6 that these people had ulterior motives They bring this woman caught in the act and They are going to confront Christ But it's not for the right reasons They have an agenda to take control to take charge they're going to pressure the Lord it would seem like they want to prove a point which could be summed up simply by saying the issue is not always the issue the reason I'm pausing here right in the middle of the story because I think in 2022 the issue is not always the issue now we could skim right over verse number six they brought to him a woman caught in the act of adultery they throw her down she should be stoned Jesus writes in the ground tells him you without sin drop the stone but I want to just stop here for a second for you to realize that not everyone is coming from a pure place. Not everyone is coming to say, What do we do with this woman? Now, if we fast forward to 2022, think about it nowadays for us. Someone could say, Pastor Micah, what do you think God's preferred plan is for marriage? But not everyone who asked me that question is coming from a pure place. Some could. But others could be like, you know, we can't wait to post something on social media. We can't wait. I can't believe he said. Someone could say, what do you think, Micah, what do you think of the division in our country? What do you think of racial reconciliation? What and some people could ask pure, but some people could have an agenda. You could say, Micah, what's your thoughts on gender? What's your thoughts on when a baby is is really a baby and born and You know I could start looking at scriptures about being knit in the womb being formed in the womb and all of a sudden five minutes into a Conversation realize that not everyone is really asking for the right reasons They're doing that to Jesus here. They're trying to corner him it's an agenda and Jesus is going to push back against the agenda not only is he going to try to help this woman but he's also going to push back against her agenda, and he's going to say, but what about you? What about your life? Verse number 7, they keep on asking Jesus about the woman. Finally, he stood up and said, if any of you have never sinned, go ahead, throw the first stone at her. Once again, he bent over and began writing on the ground. The pre- people left one by one. I love this because it's always jumped out to me over the years, beginning with the oldest. Beginning with the oldest. I don't think it's really super deep. I just think it means that they've lived a long time. And if you ever start thinking about the stuff that you've done, it makes you less judgmental. So sometimes just age alone will help you give more grace. The Bible says the oldest... Verse 10, Jesus stood and said, Where is everyone? Is there, is there anyone left to accuse you? No, sir, the woman answered. Then Jesus told her, I'm not going to accuse you either. You may go now, but here's the last important thing I want you to notice. You can go. Maybe those of you that are parents, you've ever if you've ever had a meeting with your children, where's my parents at? Just by show of hands. Where are my a lot of parents are." Maybe you've had a meeting with your child, you're correcting or directing or whatever, and you're like, okay, you can go now, but, right? I don't want you to do it again. That's what Jesus does to an adult, a woman caught in the act of adultery. You can go, but don't sin anymore. Final verse. Later, Jesus talked to the people again and he said, I am the light of the world, the light. I'm the light of the world. Whoever follows me will never live in darkness. They'll have the light that gives life." Thank God for the light. Thank God for all the times the light shows up in the darkness. William Booth said this, while there remains one dark soul, without the light of God, I'll fight. I'll fight till the very end. If there's one. When you look at This story in this scripture, Jesus says to this woman, go and sin no more. That's where the story culminates. It's the completion of this interaction, go and sin no more. I think every one of us should probably be reminded multiple, multiple times in our lives that we don't want this progression to ever stop short in our lives what I mean by that is when Jesus tells her stop sinning or don't stay in your sin Jesus is getting all of us to acknowledge how sin can be damaging and destructive if we were to talk about our lives today, whether you are a high school college, whether you're up in years, I'm going to be 49 whether, whether or not you would say you know I had a lady today leaving after first service at Pastor I rarely cry in service but and, and she's older than me she said I tears streaming down my face today just being reminded, Of some of these things about sin that that if we talked about the lowest points of your life of my life we talked about the lowest points of our lives can almost guarantee you it's tied in some way to sin that there's been some disobedience there's been decisions or choices there's been something where you've allowed yourself And it could be anything from you let bitterness and offense get in. You let ego and pride get in your life. Selfishness, right? Selfishness is a big one. That somehow you let your eyes wander. You were looking at someone or something. But if we traced it back, there almost always is going to be something that would be connected with sin or self that caused you and I to experience this low point in our life and Jesus knows that he died to forgive us of sin he died to despise the shame there's a reason he's going to tell this woman the wind Is not just to get you up off the ground. I wanna help you. I wanna be the light in your life. I wanna help you to go and sin no more. Because if all I do is just get you up off the ground, then you could show up in the the next chapter, and the next chapter, and the next chapter, and the next chapter. We could do that in our lives. We could come week after week after week, God help me, God give me grace, God touch my life, but if you don't ever have moments with God where he says, I want to break that cycle in your family, you say, but anger's always been in my family, but lust has always been in my life, but pride and ego, but selfishness. There are times in your life where you're like, but I want to break that in my life. I don't want this to be some constant cycle over and over and over. I need a conversation with Christ where he tells me, go and sin no more. You know, with parenting, those of you that raised hands with parenting, sometimes when you talk about God, people can always see him through the lens of love. God is love. God is grace. He's also truth. The Bible, 17 times in scripture, you're gonna see grace and truth or mercy and truth show up together in a scripture or in a passage. Because there's an element of God loves you enough, God loves me enough to say, but I wanna pull out the best of you. I wanna help you, I wanna protect you. I don't want you to live your life getting hurt over and over and over again by this stuff. I love you, but I also want to tell you the truth. So I'm going to get you up. That's what he does for her. I'm going to get you up. Then I'm going to look you in the eye and I'm going to say, go and sin no more. Those of you that are parents, maybe you've told your kids before. Hey, be careful who you're hanging around. Careful about right and wrong relationships. Hey, go to bed on time, get some good sleep. Hey, who's going to be at the sleepover? Who's going to be at the party? Who's going to be at the get together? Hey, be careful. Now, when you're out there driving, I know there's peer pressure, I know people's gonna say this. We can have a hundred of these conversations, and from a young age, kids could have that conversation, and they could like, you're so mean, right? From a young age, a child could hear a parent saying, But I want to help you. I don't want, I don't want this for you, honey. Sometimes even protecting them. I've been down certain roads. I don't want you to have to go down that road. You know all the conversations parents have. And that child could stomp off. Maybe you've had a child that's like a door slammer. I'm not going to talk to you. You're the only parent. No one else in my school says this. I wish I had a different dad. All birthed out of. Not birthed out of I love you. Not, not birthed out of the fun. It's birthed out of this moment where a parent can say, but I love you enough to tell you the truth. I love you enough to have the courageous conversation with you. I love you enough to say, hey, give me your phone. Give me your phone. I love you enough to do that. Well, let's take that and magnify it to our Heavenly Father who is like, listen, the best thing for you is you probably shouldn't say that and you shouldn't go there and I don't know if you should look at that or harbor that or keep it in your heart. And as adults, as Christians, if we're not careful, we can do the exact same thing. I can't believe God. Why are you? And if we live that way, We create a mentality and a mindset where all we want is a God who gets us up again. Just get me up again. Just love me again. Just help me again. And he does. But today I want to remind all of us of how awesome it is that he loves us enough to say go and sin no more. You don't have to keep living like this. I can help you to take the next step to being an overcomer with the light of God and with the help, with the help of God. Here are some of the ways in our final few minutes. Here are some of the ways that I think when we look at sin in our lives or we look at self, I want you to see that. I've shared before, some things are the devil, some things are the work of the flesh. So you have to understand sin and self. Sometimes we just get in our own ways. But but I think with the word of God and the spirit of God speaking to us, here, here are five things that I think every one of us should want in our lives. Every one of us. You should want this. Number one, conviction, not condemnation, right? Because God doesn't condemn us. Thank God he convicts us. Like you exaggerated, you lied. You did that for, you you had your own selfish motive. You didn't even do that for the right reason. Whatever, whatever it is in your life, why, why'd you look at that? Why'd you look a second time? Why are you staring at her? Why, why are you doing that at the gym? Why are you losing focus? Why, how, 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 how can you be around the presence of God two years, five years, ten years? You're still doing that. Why are you holding on to your unforgiveness? Why, whatever it is, thank God for conviction. Thank God that in a moment of worship, in a moment of prayer, in a message, in your quiet time with God, thank God for the Holy Spirit that convicts us. We should never want to live a life without conviction. I would never want that. I wouldn't want it for you. Conviction. Conviction is where the Holy Spirit of God is going to speak to your heart and say, that's not right. That's not right. Now your flesh, I wanna help you today, your flesh is going to view a lot of things as winning and losing. And most people don't wanna lose. The Holy Spirit is going to deal with us from the angle of right and wrong. We could stomp off and get mad, or we can say, convict me Holy Spirit, search me, let me know if there's anything in there that shouldn't be there, I want you to help me. It's conviction. The second thing, after conviction, because some of us can get stuck there. I don't want any of us to stop short of getting all the way to the end of the story with this woman go and sin no more. We can get stuck on conviction. Conviction then needs to lead you and I to contrition, to being contrite. The Bible says that godly sorrow works repentance. That there's a contrition, there's an acknowledgement. I don't want these things in my life. Number three, this is important, confession. Confession. Where you need, not, don't just think it, say it. Say it to God. I'm sorry. I repent. I don't want to live like this. Sometimes confession spills over to other people. The Bible says confess your faults one to another. Confession where you say it could be a pastor, it could be a counselor, it could be a spouse, it could be someone who's helping hold you accountable, where you confess things and you say, this is in my life, but I don't want it to be in my life. I don't want to live this way. Confession, then here's, here's where some of the heavy lifting comes in. Can lead to correction. Correction. Where God's Word, where the Holy Spirit, or maybe a trusted, loving voice in your life can give you some kind of accountability. Where the correction is hey, if you keep doing that, you're going to end up back here again. Next chapter, lady. You'll be here the next chapter and the next chapter and the next chapter. There's certain things that when you are convicted and you say, you know what, I don't want to live the rest of my life like this. There are certain things that we correct because if we continue to do the same things over and over, we're going to keep getting the same results. So we want to correct some things. You know, it's, it's, it's like conversations sometimes you have with people and you're like, hey, Whether you're a a high school student um, and you're like, you know, this snap or story's going to disappear and this passcode and this, I've got face, you know, uh, thumb and all this stuff. No one can find it. Whether you're a high school student doing that or if you were a 49-year-old husband doing that. Like there's just certain things where if you want to see change come into your life you don't keep doing the stuff that the enemy or your flesh used to get you in that position in the first place. You're like, I want some, I want some parameters. I want some boundaries in my life. So you have correction, and then you have change. Everyone say change. I had a guy at 9 o'clock service today. I hugged him. I was so proud of him. But he, he told me this morning... And he elaborated between services on it, but he told me this morning, today I have been clean eight years, two months, and two days. And he told me, he said, I'm so, he used the word, even without really knowing what I was preaching, but he used the word, he said, I'm so glad God changed my life. And then he said something that got me thinking again. He's like, can you imagine what this has done for my kids and, in time, my grandkids? So now you have change that's not just affecting one person. Now you have change that's affecting all kinds of people. But I want to remind you, because I feel the Holy Spirit even saying it, thank God for His love that's like, neither do I condemn you, woman. But if the story is just over and over, I get you up, you fall, I get you up, you fall, I get you up, you fall, I get you up, thank God for grace, thank God for mercy, but I would be remiss today if I don't celebrate I've been clean for eight years, two months, and two days because I'm not going to keep living like that. At some point, God help me, I want to change i want to change he tells the woman go and sin no more as we wrap up our message today how did this woman even get here think about it i think she gets here the worst way possible i think this woman gets on the ground here the worst way possible She's caught. Now in pastoring, usually you meet two kinds of people. You meet people who confess, or you meet people who are caught. That's usually the two, two you meet. Either confess or caught. If we had time even to dive deeper into it, because you, you could say, Pastor Micah, everyone speeds and maybe you do two miles an hour seven over whatever but the people who get the ticket right are the ones who get caught on the side of the road lights are going because they got caught when you get caught everyone's staring maybe you've even seen it on a highway or a road before right people are driving by like looking like do i know those people like do they come to Sign? is that the all the attention is on someone who gets caught all the focus is on someone who gets caught ideally someone confesses pastor micah there's something in my life i need to confess i need help what do you think i should do this woman is caught in the act it's what the bible says caught in the act of adultery and when you read this story The Bible says that they tell Jesus a woman like this the King James Version says such a woman We don't know the damage that she's caused. How many knows that something like this can cause a lot of damage? We don't know the damage that's been done. We don't know the mess that's been made Sin like this often can start very selfish. I just want to be happy. I just want I'm tired of like it can start selfish but often And I'm only saying this from experience, often the damage is very widespread. They put her down in the midst of the middle. Her problem is now public. I think you have sin and shame both happening right now. I've heard Regina, our on-site counselor, talk about how what you have done, people can very quickly turn that into who you are. That we should be able to separate the person and the problem, but humanity makes it one. So you become that. She gets here the worst way possible, and then here is what she's hearing. I want you to visualize, if you would, this woman broken, caught in the act, unprepared for this moment, and she can hear. Jake, people saying she should be should be it's two words would you say them with me should be this is what she's hearing she should be stoned in this should be moment think about it have you ever had people talk about you you ever had people talk about you, Crystal? Have you ever had people talk about you, Maddie? Think about it. And not only, Chris, not only talking about her, talking about her in front of her. <laughs> like, I'm here, right? And the conversation that they are going to have with Christ in front of her I think think we should kill her. I think she should be stoned. The law, Moses, the discussion is about what she deserves. And maybe you have heard native people say the words before. They're just getting what they deserve. Have you ever heard that before? They're getting what they deserve right people say like karma that's just like they lost their job good i'm glad they lost their job they get what oh really their life fell apart well they're just getting what they deserve i want to press pause on this whole story because it's really easy for us to start picking up stones it's really easy for us to start saying, well, she deserves, right? That's what she deserves. We could all do it in our own way. Maybe not walking around with a rock today, but sometimes just out of your own mouth. Well, they're just getting what they deserve. I want to press pause on this story and remind all of us of how grateful we should be that we didn't get what we deserve. We didn't get what we deserved. How many times has God showed up in our lives when we deserved one thing, but that's not what he gave us? And I just want to thank him today for all of the times that he didn't give me and he didn't give you what you deserved. Because when you think about it, we're getting ready to pray, but when you think about it through the lens of should be, should be, should be where should you be anthony where should you be bryce where should you be micah because if you start thinking about that it's what jesus does he shifts the scripture if you would the focus is solely on this woman she's caught in the act worst way possible she probably has damaged a lot of people jesus shifts it and says you without sin you without sin cast the first stone. Because what happens, I have four kids like I've shared. What happens when I am saying, hey guys, make sure you're in by this time, make sure you're around the right people, make, make sure right relationships, wrong relationships, make sure you're not looking at that, make sure you don't go there, make sure. And all of those things are important. But what happens sometimes when I start thinking, high school, high school, College, You can almost start, maybe you've heard, maybe you almost start saying like, well, I was 18 once. Right? Have you ever thought some of those things? Well, I, you know, I, I was a newlywed once. Or I was Jesus. That's all he's doing for them. He's not taking away from what he's going to tell her. He's going to tell her, go and sin no more. But he wants these guys to remember that if this was about what you deserve, if this was about you being perfect, go ahead and cast the stone then. And the Bible says the oldest guy drops his rock, and then subsequently they begin to drop the stones. And he is going to tell this woman, Neither do I condemn you, I don't accuse you. Go. And sin No more God doesn't give up on the guilty He's going to extend grace But in this love and truth moment He's going to give her some next steps We've said it before I want to remind all of us as we get ready to pray that we want Him to be our Savior. We also need Him to be our Lord. We don't want God to just let us go. I forgive you. Thank God for forgiveness. But that's not what you and I want. Is just for God to say I'm gonna get you up off the ground again lady We want a God who loves us enough to say How can I help you not do this again and again and again and he tells them, verse 12? The Bible says he spoke again to the crowd. I am the light of life the light of the world You don't have to live in darkness He gives forgiveness, but he's also going to point her towards her future. I want you to think today as we pray. I want you to think about what could have happened. She should, she should, she should be stoned. I want you to think about this just for a moment. I want you to think about what could have happened in your life think about it Stacy think about it Jenny what could have happened to Jenny everything you've been through what could have happened to Jenny is that you Michael think about in your life what could have happened because as we read that verse Amy she should she should she should no wonder they started dropping their rocks Because when you start thinking about the situations, the sin, the self in your own life, and what could have happened, I've heard people over the years, Billy, I've heard people over the years that will say this to me, you know, Pastor Mike, if you really knew my story, I could be in a grave right now. I've had people say that. I I, I could be underground right now. Some of the stuff I've done. When you start thinking about all of the times that God extended grace to you. It makes you realize, yeah, I probably shouldn't be here with a stone right now. Thank God for grace. Thank God for being a light in my dark place. The coulda, shoulda, woulda. That in your own life, in your own life, what could have happened to your family What could have happened to your business? What could have happened to your ministry? But God, for her, he stooped down and wrote in the sand. Maybe for you today, he's just going to come by your chair, your row. He's going to find you online. But my prayer today is just like for this woman. I pray that he would give you grace. And number two, I pray that he would speak truth. And that you and I would hear it. God, I want truth in my life. I want to know not just what now looks like. I want to know that there's hope for me to move on from this. Go and sin no more. Would you close your eyes and give me the opportunity to pray with you today. That freaked me out at first because I have a bad right knee that like pops, cracks, whatever. I get down on my knee to write in the sand and I heard like bop, 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 or whatever that did. I'm like, there ain't no way that's my knee. No way. I'm going straight to surgery tomorrow if it is. If I'm making those kind of noises, hopefully that was a track or something. It's like, man, you guys need to stretch your hand towards my knee. Me pray over you, you pray over me. Uh, Did you guys hear that? That was a weird noise. I was like, there's no way. Where's my brace? (laughs) So we close our eyes all over the room. I want you to think about some times in your life that God has showed up for you. Will you do that? Will you just think of a couple where he really, really showed up for you? Once you think of them, I just want you to raise your hand. This is not for me. This is you and God. I just want you to raise your hand if you can think of some times in your life where God's grace has showed up for you when the chips were down, things were falling apart, and He showed up for you. Hands are going up all over the room. Once you think of those, would you just like say it out loud? Don't just think it now, say it. Say thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. I feel the Holy Spirit even just saying it. Thank you, Jesus. Tell him, thank you. Thank you for not giving me what I deserved. Thank you for not leaving me at my low points. Thank you, Jesus. Tell him, thank you, Jesus. For one man in our church, he's saying eight years, two months, two days. I don't know what your story is, but when he's saying, My kids will never be the same, my family, think about your life and all of the times, all of the things that God has saved. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. Thank you, Jesus. One more thing. I want you to think about something you want God to help you change in your life. You would say, I would really love for this to change in my life. I'd like to be a better listener. I'd like this pride or anger to go away or my eyes, my focus. I want to trust again. I want to deal better with my unforgiveness or this addiction or this habit. I want you to think about one thing that you would like God to help you change in your life. Maybe it's your discipline, your decisions, your stickability, your commitment. Once you have one thing in your mind, one thing, I want you to think about one thing. You say, God, will you help me change this? Will you raise your hand as well? You say, Pastor Mike, I have something in my mind right now. I want God to help me to change. Thank you. Hands are going up all over the room. Help me, Jesus. Thank you for conviction. But I also want to end up at change want to end up at change god i pray over every person on site and online today as they're remembering all the times that your love was too good to leave them here your love showed up for them and we do say thank you jesus thank you for everything that you have done in our lives today specifically i pray for those that are saying god i I've got some things in my life I want to see changed. I pray that you would hear their prayers today. For anyone in the room or anyone watching who's saying, you know, I've never made a decision to accept Jesus Christ as my Savior. I pray that you would hear those prayers today. Someone who would say, forgive me, God. Will you cleanse me? Will you give me a fresh start? Will you give me a new beginning? This is not just the song, your love is too good to leave us here. It's true. For that woman that day, your love was too good to leave her there. And I believe even right now for that person who feels far from God, your love is too good to leave them there today. And so I pray that in this moment that someone would just accept the free gift of God, the free gift of salvation. And I pray your love would meet someone even right now. And I pray these prayers in Jesus' name. Amen. Story side, are you thankful for Jesus today? Are you thankful for his love and his truth? Will you stand all over the room? Can we sing this out to him? Make it your prayer. Let him know how grateful you are.